The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. We're also brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. The world's greatest shorts are hooking you up with a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, June the 14th or 13th. I'm 13th. sorry. Yeah. Uh, currently 139 on the East Coast here to recap and give our flowers to the Denver Nuggets. We'll recap the NBA Finals. And we'll get into some way too early, way too early 2023-2024 NBA title future odds. And joining me here to help me break it all down as I was going to be our final episode of the 2022-2023 regular season and the playoffs. But hey, we're still going to be here uh, going forward for the offseason and looking forward to next season already. But you guys know him as the voice of the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, MLB uh nba and of course nfl as well as scott studio Rochelle scott what's going on my man yeah nothing much uh definitely a fun night uh for a guy that closed out roughly a 17-1 parlay you might remember Munaf and i celebrating on the baseball show a week or go- a week ago or so on Varius with that plus 900 prop i had that parlayed yes. with denver minus two and a half games so that was definitely a nice way to end the nba season uh, it also felt good because I cashed that parlay roughly 30 minutes before my birthday. So it was an early birthday present for me. And yeah, I turned 26. So I'm, I've already passed my NBA prime. If I joined the league now, I'd be considered washed. But either way, nice to uh, celebrate my birthday with a nice uh, $1,000 win there for me. But besides that, though, congrats to Denver. I know Jokic is a bit annoyed that he won the title and can't go home. He's got to stick around for a parade. (laughs) Sorry for him, but either way, uh, nice for him to put his stamp on a great season and to cement himself as a top 20 player of all time already. Congrats to him and the rest of the Nuggets. And Jamal Murray, who's come back from a serious knee injury and now is an NBA champion. Well, first off, happy birthday to our very own Scott Reichel. Uh, I think you'll still be in your prime, Scott, if you were in the NBA right now. 26 is still young. 26 no, but is most people enter young. the league at like 18, 19, so I'm cooking. Yeah, yeah, well, you would be entering your max contract right now. You would I'd be, be like the Brandon contract. Whedon of the NBA. That would be my role <laughs> at this point. Uh, and also joining us here to help us break it all down, the newest voice of the NBA pod, and you could find him also on the MLB Gambling Podcast. It's Lante Smith. Lante, how you feeling, my man? Man, Feeling pretty good. Uh, I thought I thought we were gonna get a game six, until uh, so Miami uh, blew it in the late in the until game. The second half started, you know. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, too. Well, yeah, man. But overall, man, doing pretty good. Uh, glad to be with you guys to close out uh, this season. Uh, was a pretty good season for all of us, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so yeah, man. Looking forward to talking some uh, recap and uh, some stuff. Looking forward. Yeah, so we'll just dive right into it, guys. Obviously, last night, uh, the Denver Nuggets uh, get the victory in Game 5 on their home floor, 94-89, to I believe was the final score. Miami Heat do cover the nine-point spread. I think it closed around eight points, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. last night. Uh, but Miami um, got off to a great start. They won the first quarter. Uh, looked good in the first half, but it was a tale of two halves, especially for the or for the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets as well. Um, Miami, I, I believe, ended up scoring what thirty some odd points, thirty five points in the second half, thirty eight something the, like that. What was, they, they scored thirty eight. What was Denver, by the way, from three at halftime? One of fifteen like or one, one of, of 16? fifteen? One of seventeen, okay. something like that. Yeah, um, seventeen. But yeah, it felt like that. Despite uh, Denver coming out and shooting that poorly, that you would have thought that Miami would have been up by what double digits at minimum, the way that uh, Denver Nuggets shot in that yeah. first half. Uh, but give credit to the Denver Nuggets; they came out in that second half um, and just took care of business. They locked in defensively, um, made the clutch shots last night, led by Nikola Jokic, who had a great night last night. 
Uh, give a lot of credit to guys off the bench as well. Michael Porter Jr. did have another great shooting night, at least from three-point land, but he was active, you know, cutting to the basket, finishing around the basket for the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, it, was, it really felt like one of those 1990s games, especially if you look at it by, with the final score and the way the series really kind of played out. But, you know, congrats to Denver. First title in franchise history. Uh, Nikola Jokic takes home MVP honors. He said, damn, the regular season MVP. Give me the finals MVP. I know we'll get into all the uh, shenanigans about what kind of went on after the celebration or lack thereof from Nikola Jokic. But from the game perspective, uh, Lance, let me start with you. Um, I thought fully that when we were playing that first quarter, that we would see a game uh, six, especially or even at the end of three quarters. I think they're still up by two baskets, but... Um, Denver came out and made a run in that fourth quarter. Uh, and then that pretty much that was the they sealed their fate to be champions, Lante. But takeaways from the game five. Yeah, I mean, I thought Van Gundy hit it right on the head. He was like harping on it throughout the broadcast that too much was being put on the Heat's um, secondary players. And I thought the same thing. I mean, Jimmy was horrible for. I guess 30, what, 37 minutes of the game? 37 minutes, Probably yeah. more, honestly. He only had a couple yeah. of threes at the end, so he was underwhelming for 42 minutes, 41 right. minutes, and, something like that. Right, and then he got the, he got the bogus three-point call, uh, three-point foul, which um, kind of swung the game as far as a point spread perspective. But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was I thought that was all on Jimmy. Uh, from the tip, he wasn't aggressive. He was going in, looking to pass. Uh, those other guys played well enough for them to be able to win. It's just that he he didn't have it, and whether he's injured or not. He said he's not, but we all know he is. Um, yep. But, man, I, I just thought that the Heat fought, and they did what I thought they would. They wouldn't let – they didn't lay down. Um, I was assuming that either they were going to win the game or get blown out, so I guess I was wrong on that part. But, I mean, hats off to, to Denver. I mean, their defense came to play. I think they uh, held the Heat to under 100 points in every game this series – um, even a game where they shot uh, like 50% from three. Uh, I think it was so, only I mean, game two where they uh, scored, what, I think 111 did Miami. But okay, that, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Four, four out of five, I'm sorry. Yep, yeah, yep. so um, you know, hats off to Denver's defense and, and them as a collective unit. They didn't have it at all. And, I mean, it was kind of telling whenever, like, the, around the middle of the third, whenever he made that little surge. And it was just like Denver just didn't blink. And that was what I was used to seeing from them, which is why I like them uh, in the series, because they just don't blink during those runs where Boston would fold, try to get it all back in one possession. Denver was slightly chipping away, chipping away. I mean, they just didn't play well as a whole. Mark Porter Jr. didn't have the the jumper wasn't falling, uh, but he made up for it on the opposite end. I think uh, Murray was really good uh, facilitating. I think the hand was bothering him a little more. I know me when I've talked about that uh, yeah. on the Monday podcast. So. Yeah, I mean, all in all, I just I thought the Heat were just out, man. I mean, just I'd rather have better players than than uh, experience. I, I say that all the time, and I think that's what we I think that's what we saw in, in this finals: is better players from top to bottom. Uh, uh, the coaching matchup wasn't as big as an advantage to Miami as other people thought. Uh, Malone's did a he did a great job, and I thought he did a great job of explaining some of the X's and O's um, on NBA TV during during the interview that he had. Uh, about their process, about switching and game plans and how it dictated what they wanted to do. So, yeah, man, hats off to Denver. Um, and I'm hopefully they can get Jukic on the first plane to Serbia uh, as soon as that parade is over. Yeah, um, it was just a, a a huge discrepancy in, in talent, right? Uh, when you have a two-time MVP on your team, uh, Jamal Murray, despite the hand injury, was still able to be find ways to be effective in the game, whether – you know, he wasn't able to shoot the ball well over the last two games, but I think he was into a double-digit assist, if I'm not mistaken, in all five games um, of the NBA Finals. Um, Michael Porter Jr. just didn't have the greatest series, and that's okay, but you had other guys step up. Guys like Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown coming off the bread, uh, off the bench. I know uh, Scott's talked about Christian Braun coming off of the bench, and he's been productive as well for this team. And um, it was just a collective effort. And again, at the end of the day, the better team did win um, really actually handedly. So, um, yeah, I kind of had the same sentiments as you did coming out of game five or overall for the series here. But, Scott, uh, you called the Denver Nuggets in five. You also had, I believe, the finals MVP, but pretty much kind of played out as you kind of imagined it, no? 
I did. Uh, it was a second straight year. I know last year you and I both agreed on the Warriors in six with Curry winning MVP. So that worked yep. out. Then I ran it back with the Nuggets in five, and I had Jokic winning MVP. The only shock to me in the series was Miami winning a road game. That was yeah. the only shock. I, th I had Denver winning in five. I just didn't think that Miami would get swept at home. But yeah. either way, the point is I expected Denver to win the series relatively comfortably. Uh, I thought that Miami just wasn't that talented. Simply put, they got hot uh, from three against Boston. But abnormally hot. Like supernova hot in that series, and that still won seven. But I was just looking at the overall matchup, and I thought Butler was injured. And I feel like that was a confirmation for me for me last night as just further proof that he was hurt the entire time because Butler no-showed the game, basically. He went under his PRA in every game in the series, so if you were blindly fading in there, it was free money the entire time, uh, which was nice. But for the most part, the only shock I really had was just Miami winning a road game. But I thought Spolster actually had a very good series. And it's going to sound crazy because they lost in five, but you're looking at the talent and how these games played out. These, a lot of these games were close, and Butler was injured at a bio at two points in the entire second half after having 18 in the first half last night. And I feel like nobody's talking about it because he completely no-showed the second half. And yet the game was still close. Their second-best player last night or third-best player was arguably Kyle Lowry. And the game was competitive. Like I thought Spolster did a very good job in the series. The problem was they didn't have enough talent. Miami couldn't shoot for four of these five games. Yeah, that's true. I thought Kyle Lowry was their best player. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I would look, probably give it to Bam, but that second Bam, half. Yeah. yeah, but still. The point is, you look at Miami's shooting numbers in the series. They shot over 40%, what, one game from three in the series? One time and they won? What is Spolster supposed to do? Nobody can shoot. There were a couple of close games anyway. I know the scoreboard turned out to be a route uh, in some of these games. Denver won three of the games by double digits. But some of those games were in the balance in the fourth quarter, and then Denver went on some runs. I thought Miami was a well-coached team that wasn't very talented. And Denver is a well-coached team. Not as well-coached, but still a well-coached team with talent. They're going to win. And Denver won. But people are going are gonna to look at Spolstra's resume and Butler's resume, and suddenly making the finals as an eight seed doesn't mean anything because they lost, because that's what social media wants you to think. But I give Spolstra props for for leading this team that far, Butler too. And I thought Spolstra once again had a good series. His team just wasn't talented enough to match up. Yeah, and I think that if they add another star player, you know, uh, we could talk about that more in the offseason pods, but um, I agree. Are, I think are you saying it's time? It's time to add another player? It might saying? be that time, and, and we'll, we'll we'll see if there's any other uh, star players available. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think guys like a Damian Lillard, or I know there was rumors as of this morning about Miami, he made a push for Kyrie Irving. I th definitely would have helped on the offensive side of the uh, basketball where they did need help, especially if, you know, we do believe that Jimmy Butler was hurt. He's not going to come out and say it. But, um, like you mentioned, it took Miami Heat to shoot an incredible percentage from three-point land to beat Boston. Um, and they were able to do it in one game where they did get the victory uh, in game two over the Denver Nuggets. And I think we also give credit to the Denver Nuggets that they went in for the last two series um, and got victories um, in games three and four on the road. against They did against the Lakers where they led to the sweep. They got it against the uh Miami Heat as well in games three and four. They won their last five road games because they also beat Phoenix yeah. in game six. Yeah, and I know a lot of people say that, hey, the series doesn't start until a team wins a road game. But um, yeah, I think this was just a complete performance by this Denver Nuggets team. I think we kind of saw this. I don't know, people that did bet on Denver to win this finals that was kind of forecasted going back to last season where this team was, well, they won like 49 games and that was without Jamal Murray yeah. and Michael Porter Jr. Um, that was a with starter. On their team. Yeah, well, Barton starting. There you go. So that kind of tells you where this team was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, it, it was a, a great season for the Denver Nuggets. They finished as a number one seed. Um, they made an incredible playoff run. They beat the Phoenix Suns. I know it was without Chris Paul in some of those games, but it took heroic efforts from Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to win a couple games there. And then you go and beat L.A. Not only beat L.A., but you sweep L.A. They take care of business against the Miami Heat in five games. So, um, yeah, definitely give flowers to this uh, Denver Nuggets team. 
Anything else to add as far as the series goes, guys? Uh, Lance, anything else as far as the series? I know we can talk about some of the fun stuff about Nikola Jokic winning finals MVP and then uh, some of the stuff that went on that uh, we saw on social media. Uh, no, nah, man, but I'm interested to see. I know, I know we'll get to it in the uh, offseason part, but I'm interested to see what they do with those guys like um, Bruce Brown, KCP. I'm not sure if KCP's contract so – I, I don't have the contracts in front of me, but I know Bruce Brown is probably going to be a hot, a hot commodity um, in the offseason. Uh, so I'm interested to see what they do with those guys. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, hats off to Denver. They, they had a great a great season. Um, the compliment of players, Calvin Booth was talking about uh, how he pieced the, the team together like an older team. He was talking to Isaiah Thomas, and he was like, he thinks that all championship teams, no matter the era, are pretty much mirrored the same, which is around their star player. So, I mean, with, with Joker, I mean, anybody can – I won't say anybody, but it's easier for players to adapt to what they do than have them come in and play a, a, like a role that they're not used to. Like with Bruce Brown, uh, he was harping on how, you know, it was easier for him to fit in because he could go and do what he wanted to do as far as um, his skill set, what favorite his skill set. And I think that's a big, uh, I think it's a big part of the culture. They were, they were big on culture and how they liked one another and how they respected one another, how they wanted to win for the next person, no matter what was going on. So I thought that was really big, um, as far as um, wh- why they had so much success, it's just their overall likeliness of, of one another. Because, I mean, I don't think that's something that can be overlooked because you have to have that continuity and be able to play for a guy next to you, especially at this high of a level. So I credit them for, for that. And you got to credit that staff in, in the front office for being able to put those guys together and put a game plan for them to get their first championship. So it hats off to Denver for sure. Uh, Scott, any closing thoughts, at least on the series, before we talk about uh, the Joker? Uh, not exact. Not really. Once again, I had Denver in five, so I didn't really learn anything in the series. I guess the only question, it kind of transitions over to the offseason pod. Yeah. I'm really curious what Miami does. Yeah. Denver's built extremely well for Mm -hmm. the current changing landscape of the NBA salary cap with the apron system. So you're not going to be able to have that many big threes anymore. Like that's not going to be a thing anymore because of the salary cap. So Denver's built very well. And I also found it amusing they made a trade for a first-round draft pick in the middle of the draft to prepare, I guess, for their title defense, which I made a joke about, but in reality, that might have been what it was. The point is, just looking at how the Nuggets are structured, Jokic is the perfect teammate. He's a superstar, low-maintenance, and he's a great team player. He's the most selfless player in the league, so you can get anybody that you want. Even free agents, veteran guys, they might ring chase with Denver. Because they're going to get theirs. If they want the ball, Jokic is going to find them. But Murray was healthy, which was big. Porter Jr. had a bad series, but he did get progressively more aggressive with going to the rim, which yeah. I appreciated. At least he tried to change up something that he was and doing. Rebounding. Yeah, and rebounding, which I was going to say. He had a double-double, yeah. uh, which was a good showing by him. But still, the point is the overall core, whether you lose KCP, whether you lose Bruce Brown, the general core is still intact, and that team's going to be a threat for a while since it's going to be difficult to build the big threes moving forward, etc. So yeah. I do like how Denver's built. The problem that I have right now, or the question that I have, is actually going to be Miami because it was one of the greatest runs to the NBA Finals I've ever seen. Yeah. Beating Milwaukee, beating Boston, all the drama associated with it. However, Tyler Hero got injured, barely played in the playoffs. Interesting little wrinkle there. Besides that, they got insanely hot from three, and a lot of undrafted players played well above their career averages. What does Miami do? That's really the main question I have. Denver's set. You know, you can argue about bench play. They're they're set. Denver's going to be a contender for a while. I don't know what Miami's going to do because I don't think Miami's talented enough. They were an eight seed in the Eastern Conference. They almost didn't make the bracket because they almost lost to Chicago. Yeah. I don't know what Miami's going to do because, to be honest, if they run this back a year later, they might miss the playoffs. They barely made the playoffs in the first place. Now, you can argue Hero being healthy is a big deal, and I get all that. But he was healthy for the regular season, and the Heat were still the eighth seed. I am really fascinated what Miami's going to do this offseason because you can make an argument because they, of course, deserve to make it. But it was a bit fluky to have an eight seed make it all the way to the finals. I think they have to revamp some of the roster, but I'm a bit concerned that they might get complacent because they were that close that yeah. with Hero, maybe they win the series. 
Shout out to him, by the way, being a great decoy, uh, not playing at all hero yesterday. But still, mm. I have to point out that Miami is in a very interesting crossroads. And I do think they should revamp a lot of the roster, but I think they might keep it with the same core. And I think it might blow up in their face, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 and again, we'll expand on it more in detail in the offseason. Um, I think Miami might be a great point to start just because it's fresh off of the finals, but I think they do have to add another star player. Um, do I think that Jimmy Butler, if healthy, can carry a team to a championship? I think he can, but again, you still need a, another complement player. And I'm again, we talk, we we mentioned Damian Lillard, you know, Bradley Beal if he ever wants to leave Washington. There's going to be numerous uh, teams out there that are players out there that number one, Miami is a very attractive destination. There's no question about that. You have Jimmy Butler there. Bam uh, stepped up in a huge way. He was by far the best player for this Miami Heat team in the NBA Finals. Tyler Hero is going to be healthy again. Um, but I think the difference here was, and I think we all agree about this, is that that the Denver Nuggets had their best players step up and the role players were a great complement for them to win this championship where the Miami Heat had to rely on their role players and then get whatever you could from a injured Jimmy Butler for you to try and win a championship. I think that's kind of where the difference kind of lied here for the Miami Heat. So we'll see. Again, I don't think Pat Riley's afraid to make a move if he needs to. It's not a matter of being um, afraid. It's a matter of, do of they who's going to yeah. – are they disillusioned by this run to think this core is actually good enough? And to be honest, I don't. Yeah, I, think I don't think so a, I think that their ceiling most years is an Eastern Conference Finals appearance, and that's sure. a, assuming most things go right. The yeah. finals part, I thought it was a weak Eastern Conference this year. Mm-hmm. Of course, they beat Milwaukee, so props to them for doing that. I didn't think they yeah. would. You can argue Giannis got hurt, but still, Miami won. It is what it is. Yeah. I do think, once again, though, when you're looking at how they were in the regular season, I know they flipped the switch, but when you have that, mu- that many three-point shooters click at the same time, I feel like you can argue it's a bit flukish, and I think Miami's ceiling most years, in my opinion, with this core is a second-round elimination. Yeah. I'm not sure uh, if they realize that, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, before we talk about Nikola Jokic, the finals MVP, let me tell everyone about Edge Boost. I think this is a great time to talk about Edge Boost because we're going to be talking about 2023-2024 NBA title odd futures. And if you don't have the money right now to put down on some of those bets, well, that's where Edge Boost comes in. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge Boost offers currently up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Like I mentioned, NBA title future odds for next season. It's about a year away. You don't want to tie up Edge for out. You can also get down on NFL futures. Um, don't use to create an awesome middle or even a hedge option. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge 0% interest. Do you know of a way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without having to pay any interest? I don't. You don't have to hassle your friends or family members just to kind of like get that extra bankroll. No, Edge Boost is here. Be part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, or even monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. So support SGPN. And grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's, again, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. If you have a problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, guys. Last night, we saw the uh, two-time MVP of the regular season win the finals MVP. I don't think there was a really a question about who was going to get it just because how great uh, Nikola Jokic was. Uh, not only in the NBA Finals, but also throughout the playoffs. Um, maybe we could have made a, a case for Murray if he hadn't uh, injured his hand, but uh, Nikola Jokic was just a walking triple-double, um, not only in the NBA Finals, but like I mentioned, in the NBA playoffs. I guess the conversation can start, or we can start with the Finals and all the antics, kind of have some fun here, guys. But I know the, the, the Twitter was blowing up about you know some of the post-game interviews about uh, Nikola Jokic and, and, and things like that, um, and his... Uh, immediate response after being interviewed after winning the championship. But I think the first thing that I really noticed after the final buzzer went off was how humble he was going over to the Miami Heat players and the coaching staff and, you know, giving 
uh, them their props, um, and and you know just being a good sportsman, uh, a sports, uh, a sportsmanship. You know what I mean? Um, and I know uh, Scott, you mentioned it as well that he's probably one of the most selfless players in the entire league. Um, we can talk about you know where he stands as as far as greatest of all time or where he kind of falls into a bracket here. But uh, Delonte, let me start with you, man. Nikola Jokic last night, we talked about uh, the, the post-game interview or even the, you know, the uh, press conference and the celebrations happening in the, uh, in the locker room there. It took some uh, liquor or some beers to get uh, <laughs> Nikola Jokic for the personality to come out. We saw the uh, clips of him throwing Jamal Murray into the pool and things like that. But what are your kind of thoughts about Nikola Jokic throughout the series? And then if you want to talk about anything that did happen after the uh, final buzzer went off with uh, the Joker. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just a testament to just how good he is and those guys all buy in and, and believe in him. I think he leads by example, but a lot of those, uh, a lot of the reporters and people who covered NBA, they were saying that he is, you know, a fun type of guy. He just doesn't like the spotlight, so to say, uh, so to speak. So, um, I, I thought it was great that he poured the beer on KCP and got him up from the, uh, from the table. I don't know if you guys saw that where KCP was getting interviewed and he poured the beer. And yeah, man, I just thought it was fun. seeing. it's always fun seeing those guys act like kids again, as far as um, the love for the game and all the hard work they put into it. But specifically Joker, I mean, man, a lot was put on his shoulders. Um, Tom MVP arguably could have been his third uh, coming into the season. So imagine if he would have had, you know, the first three-peat since uh, Larry Bird, I think was yeah. the last three-peat. Yeah, imagine that on top of a, a sweep of the Lakers. Like he went through Durant, Booker, uh, I mean, whatever you want to think about Anthony Edwards. He did average the most points against the, this uh, team. I think like 31.6. Um, so Edwards, Towns, um, Gobert fighting with him, one of the, I guess, all-time, I guess you want to put that in quotes, defensive players, uh, handled both of those guys on the interior. Uh, Phoenix with LeBron. I mean, Phoenix with uh, Aiton. Um, well, what was left of Aiton? Uh, Durant and Booker and sweeping LeBron, uh, although it was not in his prime, but it's still LeBron and AD are still a force. He dominated and, uh, Davis the entire series. Right. So, so. I mean, man, similar, a similar playoff run. I know a lot of people were comparing it to Dirk's playoff run. I don't think it's quite that good because Dirk's best player, second best player was probably, what, Jason Terry? I would probably, I mean, I would say in general Tyson Chandler, but offensively, you can make an argument that it was. Maybe yeah. Chandler, maybe. Yeah, I really love through. that overall roster, though. I miss yeah. that Mavericks team. Yeah, and I think uh, he went through – I think he beat Kobe, right, in, in five, if I'm not mistaken. They, they swept him. That was the uh, did, did Bynum, Bynum clothesline on Barrett. Okay, 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 yeah. Him. Yeah, so, yeah, man, he went through that. And then LeBron, uh, Wade, and Bosh in their prom with Spolstra, uh, ironically. I don't know if you um, said it. They also beat uh, KD and Westbrook in five. I think. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm. Um, I don't know. I mean, the all-time stuff is always out of hand uh, after the finals. With uh, I have people texting me is John Murray Bay me, and I'm like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> but like, yeah. So it's always overblown. So give it a give it a few to think about. But I mean, what Joker's done, it's not just his first time. It's his first time on the main stage. But you know, people were getting introduced to him because they don't watch a lot of nice basketball. But you know, people like us and. Um, other fans like guys in the chat or whatever, or it, it wasn't shocking to us that he played, you know, this well because we've been seeing it for two plus years. Um, and even you could see the flashes even when he was with Nurkic, which is one of the reasons why they traded Nurkic um, when they were playing together. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, hats off to him. I don't know about the all stuff, it's kind of still fresh for me, but I, it just seeing him and his personality, I mean, he doesn't like he's trying too hard. It's just like he just doesn't like the spotlight. Very Tim Duncan. Esque, um, if if I had to compare it to anybody who I've seen, very Tim Duncan esque, um, always deflecting, um, you know, glory and putting it on his teammates. So I respect that as um, you know, as a guy who uh, who doesn't take all the credit. You know, I give the credit to you and and, and Scott. You know, so I'm a man of the people, just like Nikola Jokic. Scott, thoughts also on the humble. Joker? Also yeah, humble. Uh, yeah, overall is a great <laughs> run. Uh, it was a very, very impressive finals run. Denver was the one seed, uh, so they really were able to defend home court most of the time, and it seemed like they were really just comfortable throughout the entire playoffs. 
they lost four games in the entire playoffs. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's not being talked about. Like they they dominated uh, most of the way through. But the point is, when you're looking at the all time status of Joker, he's top twenty. I even if honestly he didn't have a ring. I would still probably put him top 20 because he's going to break every single center triple-double record and assist record and all this other stuff. And he probably has another MVP at some point in his back pocket. But he's an all-time great player. For the title run itself, it's up there. I would probably say that I'd compare it to Giannis's if I had to compare it to one. I know sure. that Milwaukee had won a title with Kareem and with Oscar, but still, it was Denver's first-ever championship. So it was historic in that sense. But I saw some similarities. You know, everyone knew how good Giannis was and how good Joker was. But maybe you didn't go out of your way to watch Milwaukee play basketball. And you didn't go out of your way to watch Denver play basketball. And then you turn it on and go, well, this guy's really good. It's like, well, he's a two-time MVP, so he better be pretty good at basketball. But yeah, Joker is a phenomenal player. He's a joy to watch. And I feel like a lot of people went into the series expecting... A very low rating series, and that was what happened. Most people did not watch, at least compared to most years. And I can truly say, with regard to that, I don't care because I had a good time. I got to watch. I got to watch Joker play the entire playoffs. And as a basketball fan and purist, I thought it was a very enjoyable experience. And as for all-time playoff runs, it is a very good one. The Dirk one is going to be close. Joker's going to pass him in every stat, but it's more just based on narrative and beating an unbeatable opponent with LeBron and Wade and Bosch. I think Dirk's going to be above his, for example. The best title runner, best season of all time is Akeem in 94. Akeem won every single award there was to win. I mean, I can't go against that one. That is going to be basically an impossible uh, title run to beat. I know MJ also had a couple in there, first team all defense thrown in there, but I believe Hakeem won the title in 94, mm-hmm. winning MVP, defensive player, and he also was the only all-star on his entire team. And he, I think Joker was the same this year, though, because I don't think Murray made the all-star team. But no, I don't think so. I don't have it in front of me, but didn't Hakeem win, like, MVP, finals MVP, defensive, defensive player, player of the year? He won every award there was to win. Like, I think that is the greatest season if i had to go based on accolades but who cares like that doesn't matter people start comparing it to historic it doesn't matter the point is live in the now joker is the king of the league and denver officially has a championship and uh yeah i hope everyone's safe out there i know that there were some instant some issues either with cars being flipped over rioting or maybe even a mass shooting thrown in there which was unfortunate to read about but still Congratulations to the Nuggets. Congratulations to Jokic. Congratulations to Murray and Porter having to overcome injuries and to become NBA champions. Yeah, look, man, if you if you if you're an NBA fan or a casual NBA fan, um, you you really appreciate what Jokic has been able to do uh, on on a nightly basis for this uh, Denver Nuggets team. Um, he doesn't take nights off unless he's truly injured. I think that's something you really appreciate about the Joker. Um, Ryan saying at the breast generational talent for sure, man. And it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pleasure to keep watching him play uh as long as he does. Um I know he's ready to get back home to Serbia so he can ride some horses around and he's well it's well deserved for him. Uh but again, um congrats. And I think one thing I do want to mention before we move on to the uh, title odds is um Jamal Murray as well. Um for the injury, the way that he was playing in the bubble and the injury that he did suffer for him. Um, you could just tell the emotion that he had after that final buzzer went off, how much that meant to him and the journey back coming back from a torn ACL and being able to be a champion in this NBA league, um, you know, coming out of Kentucky and all that good stuff. So, um, again, like Scott mentioned, congrats to Denver first title in franchise history. Congrats to the Joker. Um, they are well set up for the future with not only a great head coach, but great talent on their roster, um, uh, for the foreseeable future for sure. Uh, our- Right, guys before we get into some uh, or way too early nba finals or nba title odds for next season uh, let me tell everyone about the newest sponsor on the sports gambling podcast network that is going to be bird dogs uh bird dogs is a um company that uh has some of the greatest looking shorts uh for you i know it's the summertime so this is a great time to get over to bird dogs bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer 
to the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same things as Lululemon's, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts than, uh, that are made of a stiff, restricted cotton. And Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that helps look great, just like khaki, but stretches you stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. It's that summertime, guys. It's going to be hot. Whether you're going to be going to Vegas, whether you're going to be poolside, whether you're going to a part of the country that's going to be super hot, or even the part of the world that's going to be super hot, you need some shorts, check out Bird Dogs. Uh, Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicked uh, fabric that helps you keeps you cool and dry all day long. So to take advantage of this, all you got to do is go to birddogs.com slash pool and make sure you use promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order, whether you're poolside. Whether, like I said, you're going to be traveling, hiking, all that fun stuff, make sure to check out Bird Dogs. Again, go to birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you that. All right, guys. We're probably the only first podcast out there that's probably going to get into some way too early NBA odds right now. As I pulled this here, we'll give you what team each kind of briefly decide and what their total odds are are going to be and what their chances are to win the title next year. So uh, currently looking at the updated uh, future odds for next year uh, as I pull this up here. So the Denver Nuggets are, are the odds on favorite at plus 475 to repeat as the champions, followed by the Boston Celtics at plus 550, the Milwaukee Bucks plus 650, Phoenix Suns are at plus 850, Warriors and the Lakers are at 12 to 1 and then to round it out the Sixers are 13 to 1, Dallas 16 to 1 and the Clippers 17 to 1. Miami Heat just for reference are 20 to 1 to win the title next season. Um Scott, why don't you lead us off, man? Who if I gave you a $300 bet right now and I said, "Hey, this only applies to you putting it down on an NBA futures uh championship odds for next season, who is that team for you?" So even though I do love this Denver roster, it's very, very difficult to repeat. So I think I'm not going to pick Denver. It's really difficult to look at the, I'd say, Western Conference and how we saw the playoffs go and for me to immediately lay or take a small number with a Western Conference team because once again, you're looking at just how difficult that conference actually is. The East was up for grabs, so much so the eight seed won the actual conference. So Denver, even though I like, I'm going to pass on. I kind of wanted bigger odds. I'm not surprised. Phoenix, I was tempted by a plus 850, but they have so many roster concerns with regard to Chris Paul's future. Maybe they bring him back. Maybe they don't. They got to trade Aiton. But with the salary cap changing, Phoenix is kind of screwed. To be honest, like they have to revamp the entire supporting cast, and I'm not sure what they can actually do uh, to immediately become contenders in that aspect. So I think I'm going to pass on Phoenix as well. No chance I take Philly. So I think I'm going to stay relatively short, but I am going to go with a team that I think has a great chance to actually make it back. I'm going to go with Milwaukee. At, I don't know. What were the odds you said on Milwaukee? Uh, plus 650. Yeah, I'll go with Milwaukee at plus 650. Uh, simply put, I think that there's going to be an uh, – I don't want to use the chip on their shoulder excuse, but I do think losing to the eight seed in the first round is definitely what you look for uh, when it comes to looking for a team that should be really good and should be extremely motivated after an embarrassing showing the year prior. It's not the same thing as Virginia losing to a 16 seed and then winning the title, but it's the same argument. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be ready to go. And Milwaukee's still a good team. The issue I had with the Bucs was Budenhoser. I just think that he is a coach that has a history of choking, and I thought that the one title they did win involved a lot of injury luck and Durant's shoe size being a bit too big. So I think that, once again, Milwaukee was yeah. a bit fortunate to win their title. But in general, the core is still there. Middleton, I'm not sure what they're going to do with, but maybe they can move on from him because you can't trust him health-wise. Drew Holiday is still good. I know that Butler torched him, but it is what it is. And Giannis is still a top three player in the league. People are going to forget about how good Giannis is because Joker now is the best player in the league. But still, the point is Milwaukee has the foundation to be a really, really good playoff team in a pretty weak overall conference. Do they need to make some moves? Sure. There's a long offseason to go, but you're looking at the actual roster and how the team is made up. 
they check a lot of boxes. And with them changing the current salary cap format, looking at how teams are going to build their roster, if they can move Middleton and find a cheaper option but keep some similar scoring punch, I do think this team is good enough to be a serious threat or at least be favored to win the Eastern Conference. I will never pick Boston with Tatum, Brown, mm-hmm. and Missoula coming back. I'm not picking Boston. I can't do it. I think Missoula's an abysmal coach, and I don't trust Tatum and Brown as a duo to actually win a title. If I had to pick one odd uh, to look at, it would be Milwaukee at 650. I feel like people are going to be low on them because of what happened in that Miami series. Too low on them. I'll take the value because when you get to the playoffs next year, assuming that Giannis is healthy and everyone's healthy, Milwaukee's going to be a lot lower than plus 650. I'll take the Bucks plus 650 right now. Uh, well, I, I guess we'll kind of go through. Oh, we, we, we can go through thoughts here. Uh, lots of want you to off Bucks uh, plus 650 here from Scott. Say that again, Moonoff. You were breaking up on my end. I, I didn't hear you say it again. Oh, uh, my bad. I just wanted to. Uh, uh, you have thoughts on the Bucks? Uh, where's Scott's pick here? Yeah, I don't disagree with it. Um, I mean, Giannis is still one of the top three players in the NBA, and that roster has a little bit of construction to do. Um, I, Not I would as like much to as see other them. teams, though. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, some of the stuff that that Bud was running was more so like. I would I won't say it was negative EV, but some of the stuff as far as just giving Giannis the ball at the top and letting him kind of you know run a quarter I mean run a halfback dive yeah. uh, that wasn't really uh, a recipe for success. So I mean they have a new coaching staff in there, so I'm interested to see how they implement some of the things. I would like to see them get some more shooters around him. Um, hopefully they don't have to lose Bobby Portis. Uh, I know he's going to be a big free uh, free agent acquisition for a lot of teams. Um, Holiday was hinting at retirement after Jimmy Butler torched him, so I'm not sure how you know he's going to be uh, coming into the next season if he actually makes it. So I want to see some shooters around him, maybe get some guys. A good guy for them if they could afford it would be Austin Reeves. Like he would be a, a great addition for that team. Um, he's able to run the pick and roll effectively, um, and then they got to figure out what to do with Lopez. I mean, I know it's a lot of what ifs. But at the end of the day, you got Giannis at plus 650. Um, I, I don't agree with it. I'm just interested to see what they do with the roster and how the coaching staff implement some new offense to better help him you know, get more easy looks because he was getting a lot of hard looks, having to work, dribble, um, run off screens, and well, dribble uh, off screens and all that stuff. So, man, the easier you can make Giannis' life, the better. So, hopefully, that coach staff um, has taken some notes and they'll be able to implement some stuff to help him easy. But don't disagree with it at all. I mean, the general theme, though, for the NBA, you can go back as long as you want. You can argue Dirk was not a top five player in the league when he won, but you basically need a top five player in the league every year to win a championship. It's a requirement. You can just go down the line. Even Toronto, Kawhi was definitely a top five player in the league, top three player when they won. Dirk, you can make an argument, was top five. I'm not sure if he was, but you can make an argument. You're going a long way. And you need an elite superstar, top three, top five guy. That's why I mentioned Milwaukee at 650, because at least they checked that box. Yeah. yeah. It's just just a lot of question marks around. I mean, we don't know. New coach, I mean, I know he's well revered uh, in the NBA world, but you never know how these new coaches are going to be, man. They're, they're not used to all that pressure. And it's going to be instant pressure for Milwaukee to win. So that's just added pressure to him. Yeah. Now, unlike Missoula, he'll have – the offseason with these guys and knowing what he's going into. But still, man, I, I'm just weary of, of first-year coaches and how they adapt to some of the things. Although he's been around for a while, and those guys seem to like him, and I know Giannis signed off on the hiring and everything like that. But still, I mean, you got to go out and, and execute. And the Middleton thing is um, – I think that's a big, big I, I would get rid of that they have to keep. Personally. Really? I don't know if it's a hot take or not. I would. I have no faith in his yeah, overall. I, mean, I don't think it's a hot take. Well, I'll talk about Middleton in the team. I like, like him when he's the, healthy. He just has too many durability concerns. I just don't think he's worth the amount of money. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Especially yeah, with the salary was, cap now. Hmm. He's, there's no way in hell he's worth that amount of money. Yeah, I think that for me, I, yeah, I can't argue against getting Giannis at plus 650. But again, the roster construction around it is going to be the concern, right? We, you guys mentioned the key names that were key to their championship run with Chris Middleton. Um, I think the two safe guys on this roster is probably Giannis and Drew Holiday. Um, There's rumors about Chris Milton, you know, potentially being moved or or leaving or whatever the case is with this contract situation. Bobby Porter, same thing. And Brooke Lopez as well. So that's pretty much your starters right there. But um, 
And also a first-year coach like Delonte mentioned as well. So I think definitely if they want to keep Giannis in Milwaukee for the in, for his entire career, they're going to have to put a a roster together that's going to be able to compete for a championship every single year. They had that, um, but again, like Scott mentioned, it was just Coach Bud that wasn't able to get them over the top, and they did with the one title win that they did have. Yeah, it was a lot of injury luck in the Kevin Durant uh, toe um, with the with his foot being on the toe. Um, away from being eliminated. I mean, yeah. So, uh, I mean, we in the entire NBA and getting him at, at anything above five to one, you got you have to take the bullet. Lante, it's over to your team, man. What are you What are you putting your money down on right now? Yeah. So, um, I had to, I was I had a hard time um, picking between the two, but I'll have I have literally already made bets on both of these teams. Um, so. I'm, the first team I'm going to go with that I, I won't have to do an explanation for because I know we only deal with team. But I put money on the Pelicans, and my favorite is on the Dallas Mavericks. So I know the, the dynamic between um, Kyrie and the organization is I guess he's going to stay. Um, so I give them props for having him at least hint at buying in. We, we all know his word doesn't mean too much because he stood in front of Boston fans and said he wanted to come back, and we saw how that ended up. But uh, as long as Kyrie is there and they have Luka, I think they have that um, that 10th pick. I think it's a 10th pick they have. They could get a big, um, trade out Christian Wood, get some defense in. I really want them to go after Middleton. I know I was hinting about that. So if they can get Middleton in there and have somewhat of a, I guess it's a small three and not a big three, um, but two guards and, and a forward with Luka, Kyrie, and Middleton, and they can get some pieces around him, some shooters. I like. I still like Bullock. Um, I, I guess. I mean, he didn't have the best season, in, but I think those pieces around them with those two guys, man. Um, I think the sky's the limit. I think they'll be well orchestrated going into the season. It won't be a, uh, I guess, a tougher fit as it was in the middle of the season. So just putting that trust in Luca. And Kyrie to get it done. I mean, they're, they're going to have two of the best, what, three players on the floor at just about, uh, I guess, like 75, 80% of the games that they play. Um, now, Kidd is another thing. I know, I know, Scott, you probably want to touch on Jason Kidd, but yeah, I mean, he is. Uh, I, I feel like my opinions on him are kind of universal <laughs> at this point. Uh, I think both of you lagged out. Um, I can't, I can't pick Dallas. I understand the argument is with the talent they have with Luka being a top five player in the league, checking that box, and with Kyrie being... First of all, I'd rather wait to see if Kyrie actually stays with the team before I place any money on Dallas. Second of all, they can't guard anybody. I mean, if we're talking about teams that need serious roster construction, I don't know what the hell Dallas is doing with their roster on this team. You mentioned Middleton, maybe. Once again, with the salary cap, I'm not sure what they can do. If I'm Milwaukee and I get offered like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Josh Green for Middleton, I'm taking that in a heartbeat. Like I, I, I don't care. I'd rather have those two guys than Middleton and his current contract. Yeah. I can't trust Dallas's defense. They have no size in the interior. I'm not a fan of Kid as a coach. I do like your other long shot though, which I was tempted by, but the issue, of course, is Zion's health. New Orleans is a lot of fun if Zion's healthy as like the ultimate what if situation. Right. I can get behind that one, but Dallas, I got to pass. And I mean, uh, I don't know if you saw, but um, it's reported that Shams, uh, Shams was saying that they're looking to move up to get Scoot. So they're probably going to be looking to dangle some. Uh, some I love of those Scoot too. Guys. Scoot's one of my favorite yeah. prospects in the upcoming. So somebody, round, so. what, I guess they mentioned that they aren't they aren't out of the realm of offering Zion up to go to Charlotte. I mean, mm. I'm trying to think of Charlotte's legacy because you went from the Gordon Hayward contract. Uh, you went from the Batum contract to the Gordon Hayward contract, and now you kind of need another bloated contract to take on. So yeah, injured Zion. That sounds perfect. Sounds perfect for him. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I saw him. Um, you know, I mean, he can probably get some. Uh, he probably get some escorts for a little lower in North Carolina. I mean, that I know about any, anything about that, but I got friends. You know. Are you sure? Yeah. So if you don't want, know if he wants to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I know. According but to his wants, sources, you know. Yeah, according to some people I know, okay, you know okay. the escorts are a little less expensive down in North Carolina than they are in, in New Orleans. So, uh, yeah, so that's a plus for him. Yeah, I think I can get behind uh, the Pelicans more than the Mavericks for everything that Scott mentioned. Right, like we don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie. Um, 
I personally feel like that Kyrie's not going to be in Dallas. Dang, for um, I, I It all comes down to how think. Kyrie feels when he wakes up one morning. That's the problem. Yeah. He's the ultimate wild. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I'm not banking on it. My thing is, here's, here's my main issue. I don't know if I got to this before I, I lagged out, but my main thing is I think that they're going to do a good job of roster construction. I mean, with that pick, I think they'll probably take in like somebody like Lively who can be a defensive presence somewhat similar to what Walker Kessler was in Utah. I mean, he's not going to be asked to score. You can just go out, defend, rebound, block shots, and maybe get another few pieces on the uh, – some. I guess some uh, lower end guys that can fit in. I mean, in a playoff series, we saw it in the bubble. Like Luca can literally will you to you know a round or two, and then if you have Kyrie there also, and I mean, I'm not even I'm not counting on Middleton. I'm trying to just go as constructed and not go outside of the the box. But I, mean, I feel like in the playoff setting, I mean, how many teams do we think that Luca can't beat in the West outside of you know Denver? I think that in a playoff series, he's good to beat. Any other team outside of Denver? That's just, that's just how I feel about it. I think if Kyrie even does return to Dallas, Jason Kidd is gonna. I, do I trust Jason Kidd to figure out an offensive game plan where it's not Luke and Kyrie taking right. your right. turn, my turn? Like yeah, I don't think I don't have faith in Jason Kidd doing that. And you know um, the defense is screwed either way because neither guy can guard anybody. Can yeah, exactly. So. Um, but the Pelicans are intriguing. I really did like the Pelicans. I think we talked about them not this past or the no, the, not this season, the, not this season, but the previous season. We were doing the pod that um, that they they kind of checked all three boxes for me. And again, like we mentioned, like the health, all the off court stuff that's going on with Zion. Unless that's not something that we don't want to get into right now. But a healthy Zion, I think that really would have put this Pelicans team to at least reaching the Western Conference Finals. I don't think that's a hot take just because of the talent that they do have. I think they're a more complete team uh, with Zion where they have, you know, perimeter scores. You have a veteran guy in mm-hmm. CJ McCollum where you don't have to rely on him to go out and score 20 points now for you where Zion and BI can do that for you. You have defensive guys who have linked on this team as well. So um, I can get definitely get behind the Pelicans. Um, it's such a massive what if, but Zion when is, healthy yeah. is it a is. top 10 player in the league. And yeah. I know that maybe you ultra load manage, you play him 20 games in the regular season and you just hope he stays healthy for the playoffs. But that team checks a lot of boxes. I love their roster. It's why yeah, I was... Man on Willie Green to win coach of the year, which blew up in my face. But the argument was, if things go well, this team can win 50-plus games easily. Yeah, but to be they, honest, they have- I'm, I'm kind of tired of waiting on Zion to stay healthy, and I, I, I've kind of just had enough of the whole drama. I like the argument for the upside, but I, I, I need to see it, actually. You know, I love Zion as a player, but I, I just can't. Yeah, I think for me, it was another two Western Conference teams. And I don't think at the odds that it's at right now with the Lakers at 12 to 1, that I want to get behind that number. Um, just because, you know, okay, at around 15 to 16 to 1, I would definitely buy in because I do know that they are going to make a run at some type of star player to come in that backcourt with Anthony Davis and LeBron. The question, obviously, of with both of those players is always health. We saw that throughout the season especially the latter part of the season and in the playoffs as well, right? Again, give credit to the way Austin Reeves played. I don't know if they're going to be able to retain him just because of the way he did flourish this season for this Lakers team. Uh, he was pivotal in some of the success that they did have in the um, in the playoffs, but eventually getting swept by the Denver Nuggets. Do they get Kyrie? Do they get another player in there? Is it going to be Chris Paul going to L.A.? There's a lot of question marks. Um, but for me, I think it is Phoenix Suns. I think at plus 850 when your cornerstones are Kevin Durant, and they are uh, Devin Booker. If Chris Paul is, if they find a way to get Chris Paul back, where you don't have to rely on him to be a guy out there for 30 to 35 minutes that you're able to go out and get another point guard um, and just let Devin Booker and Kevin Durant do the scoring, the question then becomes is filling out the rest of the roster around them because it was just abysmal. Isn't uh, everybody else a free agent? <laughs> like, yeah, so I think the rosters are yeah. free agent. And I think that with the front office that they do have with a new owner, uh, that they're going to go out and make those proper moves, especially with you know a new head coach there as well. Um, so for me, I think that Phoenix at plus 850, when you do have Devin Booker, you have Kevin Durant, two guys uh, that have finals experience. Obviously, Kevin Durant has won titles with you know the Golden State Warriors, but um, we saw what Devin Booker was able to do and how efficient he was. It was just that they weren't they didn't have enough role players. Uh, for them to kind of put them over the top. And again, the conversation with DeAndre Aiden, 
do they eventually now do trade them, whether that's to Indiana? And they add, better you know, do. I don't, I don't know what the hell they're waiting for at this point. Yeah. So I think that if they go back to the season, beginning of this season, and say, hey, we'll give you Miles Turner, we'll give you Buddy Heald, and kind of figure out the salaries at that point, I think they now they do that in a heartbeat. So for me, Phoenix at plus 850 uh, with a new head coach, new owner. Uh, you have Kevin Durant. You have Devin Booker. We'll figure out. We'll, we'll see what happened with the Chris Paul situation. But I think they're going to be able to fill this roster out nicely. I don't give guys. I know Scott, you were on the fence about the Phoenix Suns at plus eight fifty, but I, I think that at plus eight fifty, if you're able to shop around, maybe find nine to one or ten to one. I think that's some pretty good value for this team that does have a Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Yeah, for the record, Phoenix was my runner-up choice for this exercise. So I wasn't fully, fully anti-Phoenix. What scared me off in the end was just the amount of bodies they need to replace on the bench and figuring out what to do with Aiton. So Phoenix was my initial option, and I thought about it more, and I still have too many questions about uh, Durant's health, which has been an issue for the last couple of years. But for this exercise, Phoenix was my runner-up choice. I decided to go with Milwaukee. I really want that uh, Eastern Conference angle because that's a really underwhelming conference from top to bottom. Yeah, and I think there's going to be more question marks about the East right now than there are about the West, right? Yeah, that's um, why I pivoted as a tiebreaker. To more. Yeah, 100%. Um, that's true. Lots of thoughts on the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, man. I, look, I'm, I'm a Kevin Durant guy, so I, I'll, always, I'll always be rooting for, uh, to get to get that title. I think it will be better equipped coming in just from the standpoint that they get a full offseason to work together. Not a big fan of Vogel. Um I guess he's saying that he can fix um, John Green. Yeah. Yeah, Why don't you means. like Vogel, by the way? What did he ever do to you? <laughs> I, I don't like his. I don't like his playing style. I, I, he plays like he wants to play the two bigs. Like I, I mean, he was in in LA. I hated that he was in Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis um, together. Like the pain is crowded. We don't have. We didn't have any shooters at the time. I mean, out of KP. And uh, I mean Caruso with it every now and then, but just just like, to be was, sure, that was that was the team that was the year the team won the championship, right? Right, right. Okay. Just making sure. I think Delonte lagged out again, but yeah. I I like Vogel. I I don't know why people suddenly think he's a bad coach. He inherited Westbrook with the Lakers. I think we know how that worked out. Like, what the hell was Vogel supposed to do? The team was yeah. screwed. The front yeah, I mean, screwed him over, and he was the scapegoat. I think I think Vogel's a good coach. Yeah, I was on the fence about Vogel as well, but I think that he's definitely an above-average coach uh, uh, in the NBA. Um, and I think that with you having already Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, you have an above-average head coach. Uh, I think they're going to be fine. Um, and again, it's going to be curious to see. I think there's going to we say this every single year. I think in the NBA that the offseason is going to be so interesting. It's going to be so fun that we say that. Oh, every no, this one's going to be. Re- it's going to involve a bunch of trades, but the free agent pool this offseason is historically bad for yeah. the last yeah. couple of years. Uh, I think and a I lot think of people will be making uh, moves like trade yeah. signing trades and different yeah. stuff like that. They're, they're going to find a way to go uh, to find some loopholes in, in that new um, agreement that they haven't agreed on, but the terms are already out there, which is kind of odd. But yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, sorry, but I, I don't know. Frank Vogel, I guess, cut me off uh, whenever. I was <laughs> like, well, we were disagreeing with you because we think that he's fine as a coach. I understand your argument about going big with two centers, but then again, AD was really anti-playing center for a large portion of his career, and okay. I feel like that definitely played a factor in it. But I feel like, once again, Vogel was the scapegoat for the front office acquiring Westbrook, and that was never going to work. And then oh, yeah, now I'm for it. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I just his, some of some of the things that he likes to do um, offensively. I, I'm just not a, a I'm just not a fan of. Um, well, offensively, a, when you think about it, it's going to be Booker and Durant doing their own thing anyway. So you got Vogel in for defensive purposes. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm I'm not a fan of him. I I had a big bet on the Pacers to beat uh, the Cavs next year. Maybe I'm just bitter because. Uh, oh, so that's why you're damn. biased. Okay, oh, okay, because they mad. lost in seven. Okay, yeah, fair and, enough. And Hibbert, Hibbert shit the bed, and he kept playing. He kept rolling him out there. Wow. Okay. So um, it all comes back to a gambling bias from like seven years ago. Yeah, but I have have data to back up my bias because we saw what he did with the with the two. I mean, the two big thing it, it doesn't work. It worked because you you were in a bubble, shortened season, uh, you know, not a lot of prep time. I, I mean, I, I could go on and on. I mean, I'm not taking away from what he did, obviously, because I mean, he wanted he wanted chip, but just some of the things that he does long term, I don't think it, it, it'll work out. But again, this is probably his most talented 
two players that he's coached, uh, I would say LeBron and AD though in their prime. That, that's pretty tough. To well, talk I th- I, well, I, I think that's LeBron was there. like I think LeBron's on the outside of his prime. Okay, mm-hmm. he was still really, really good. Yeah, yeah, but that was the yeah, best yeah, year absolutely. Davis has arguably ever had. So yeah, so yeah, I, I guess so. But this, I guess, this will be his second group, and this is yeah. a different. This is a different dynamic. It, it, it's two guards. Well, Kevin Durant, a, a seven foot guard, but. I think it's a, a different dynamic that he'll have to to work around. And I mean, you guys mentioned it. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with his roster. They only have like three or four guys under contract. So I mean, I don't know what they do. Uh, I think that roster, you but, know for sh- yeah, you know for sure that you have Kevin Durant and then you have Devin Booker. Like that's you just a build start around that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, that's that. a good place to, to start. Minimum that play with them. You you trade Aiton for two three guys, even if they are complementary pieces. You can find ways to fill out the roster, but. There's a lot a of question guard. marks on this. Yeah, got to get a point guard. I, I like uh, Munaf. You said the trade with uh, Indiana. I like that. But if they can throw in like a point guard, like if they can get, um, yeah, throw in Halliburton. You know, I'm no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. I like I like McConnell. Uh, or if they can get a, a guy like um, uh, Trey Jones. Okay. Trey Jones. That'd um, be a nice pickup. Yeah, like just just somebody that can you know just set the table for Booker and Durant. Just need somebody to run the offense. Them. Like you don't need them to yeah, score. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need yeah. to do. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, guys. Look, this is a fun conversation. Always talking about teams in the off season. I know it's already day one uh, after the NBA finals are over. But what we're gonna do uh, for the next week? I know the uh, draft is on June twenty second. We'll do some draft pods. Uh, uh, we'll talk about the NBA draft and uh, prop bets there as well. Uh, maybe something next week. Uh, sorry, this week and next week for sure. As, as you know, we start getting more information about these players, and then we'll get into off season stuff. Well, I think we'll do uh, division uh, recaps, uh, and then we'll talk about more of the conversations that we were talking about here with how teams uh, need to improve their rosters if they want to have a chance to not only make the playoffs, but also win an NBA championship um, uh, for the next season, uh, for the 2023-2024 season. Um, Last pod of the 2022-2023 season. It's been one hell of a season. Um, Lante, any final thoughts, my man, before we wrap it up for this last season? Nah, man. uh, Just it, it was great. Breaking down these games uh, every day uh, with you guys. I know real right here, but uh, whenever he hears this, I mean, pleasure with being with all three of you guys. I, I know this is not a good, but I'm not gonna pull a you know Shannon Sharp and start crying like I'm going to, I'm going somewhere else. But uh, yeah, just great to be with you guys, man. Gaining knowledge and um, you guys' brains on, on different things. Uh, great, great first, I guess, year for for me to, to be with you guys. So thankful for that, and man, looking forward to the off season. Uh, I'm like heavy on the draft stuff so i'm already like you know 75 percent done with a lot of draft stuff still get more information so i'll be tweeting out stuff and uh, putting out a few articles on draft stuff um yeah man so i look forward to the offseason stuff that we'll be uh we'll be doing i might be in Vegas for uh some of you also so you know we'll be we'll have, we'll have boots on the ground there yeah nice uh scott anything else my man uh, not really. Looking forward to the draft coverage. I can truly say I've covered basically no prospects besides Wemby and besides Scoot. I heard the Thompson twins are supposed to be good. One of them might have a hitch in his shot, but still, I heard they're supposed to be pretty good. Uh, besides that, though, I'm looking forward uh, to those podcasts in the past. I've done pretty well with drafts, just reading between the tea, reading the tea leaves. Uh, reading through the tea leaves and trying to find out what teams are expected to do. Once again, just a tip for the draft. It's not about what you think is going to happen. It's about what you think the teams are going to do. That's the only thing yeah. that matters. So just keep that in mind. Try to separate your own opinions on prospects. It's what teams are going to do. For example, Charlotte, I would take Henderson in a heartbeat. I think they're going to take a Miller. I think they're going to regret it. So that's how I'm looking at it. But either way, uh, find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Find me on a lot of other shows. But yeah, for the most part, it was a fun year. And I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah, I mean, look, um, our, our pod has been growing year over year, uh, man. We couldn't do it without, number one, our listeners and our fans um, that listen to the pod, whether they join us live uh, daily or whether they listen within, whenever they can, whether they're at work, driving into work, driving home from work, working out, whatever the case might be. We truly appreciate every single one of you guys that um, listens to us, leaves us reading and reviews, and, and, the, and the guys uh, that do join us daily during the regular season. Uh, in the comment section on on YouTube, um, it's I think this has been our second or third full season uh, doing this pod. Um, ever since McKee and Zach were doing this when they did start as the NBA Odds Pod, and 
No, we've we've come a long way. Uh, we're only going to continue to be better. Again, I say this to anybody that I think we're the best NBA pod out there. I know Scott has been along with the ride. Terrell has been here as well. We brought on Lante this year as well. And uh, we're going to have the same crew going forward next year. So um, a lot of people don't know what goes on beyond the scenes uh, about planning and scheduling and things like that. And I think a lot of people don't know that Scott produces the show as well. So um, he gets out you know, as soon as we get done. So we're able to listen into it, it as well so appreciate god Lante. i know terrell's not here uh but again this pod wouldn't be able to be as good as it is without everybody that contributes to it so um it's been one hell of a season like we mentioned hopefully we put money in people's pockets uh for these 2022 2023 uh nba regular season also the uh playoffs as well um, we're not going anywhere. Unfortunately, we won't be going daily. We will be here maybe at least at minimum twice a week. We'll talk about, like I said, draft stuff coming up, summer league, off-season pods as well. So definitely uh, stay with us. We'll be here at least twice a week at minimum going forward. Um, once again, Scott, happy birthday, my man. I know you're going to be out in Vegas over the weekend. Enjoy your time out there. Uh, Lante, you're going to be out there as well for summer league. So, um, again, uh, enjoy your time off. Um, and we'll be here, like I mentioned. Uh, and a shout out to Terrell Aswara, man, the superstar of the show, the villain. He's been busy. I think he's been in Cleveland for the um, the, for the fantasy expo out there. So he'll be, be here as well. So again, uh, if you haven't already, leave us a rating and review. That's all we ask. Um, and again, like I mentioned, uh, follow us on Twitter at Rachel Radio. Follow Lante at xxlantexx. Follow me on Twitter at sportsnerd824. Follow uh, Terrell. At really well underscore underscore. More importantly, follow the NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGPNNBA. With that being said, again, thank you guys so much. We'll be here throughout the offseason. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it, give it the ball because I'm going-